Welcome to the Money Pilot Financial Advisor Podcast, where you team up with Money Pilot founder, former Army helicopter pilot, and your host, Katie Cannon, to put your money where your heart is. Together, we'll tackle issues big and small so you can take charge and land your financial life. Hello, and welcome to the last podcast episode of the year. As if dealing with coronavirus in 2020 wasn't crazy enough, the government is taking government funding authorizations down to the wire again this year. As I'm recording this on Monday, December 28th, the president has signed the monstrous 5,593-page 2021 Appropriations Act. This act includes authorization and details of the second round of coronavirus stimulus checks and federal unemployment assistance, as well as a number of other changes. So you'll probably be glad to hear I'm not going over all 5,500 pages today, but I'll touch on things that will likely have the most immediate impact on our service members and federal employees. So first up, those stimulus checks. For this second round of stimulus checks, officially known as recovery rebate credits, the rules are similar to the first round. So if you received a check in the first round last spring, you should also receive a check in the second round. However, the most significant difference is that in this second round, the dollar amounts are different. This time, it provides a base credit of $600 for each eligible person. An eligible person includes the taxpayer, like you, and spouse if you file a joint return, and any children you claimed the child tax credit for in 2019. Remember, children must be under 17 years old to be eligible. For example... If you're a single parent with a 10-year-old child, your base number is 2 times $600. That equals a check for $1,200. A married couple who files a joint return with no children, again, they have a base number of 2 for a $1,200 check. If you're married and receive the child tax credit for 7 children under age 17, your base number is 9 and your check would be $5,400. Just like last time, there are income levels where the additional recovery rebate is phased out. These income level thresholds are the same as the first round. For a single taxpayer, your rebate begins to be phased out if your adjusted gross income is above $75,000. For joint filers, Phase-out begins at $150,000. And for head of household filers, the phase-out starts at $112,500. These phase-out limits are based on your 2019 tax return. Again, these thresholds are the same as the first round. If you received a stimulus check earlier this year, you can expect a check again this round. 
Just note that the amounts will be different than the first time. Now, one thing to know is that if you miss out on stimulus checks this year, but have less income this year in 2020 than you did in 2019, you may still be eligible for both rounds of stimulus funds, even though you won't automatically get a check. That's because the stimulus checks are actually a 2020 refundable tax credit. When you file your federal taxes this spring, if your 2020 AGI is lower and produces a larger recovery rebate credit than you got based on your 2019 tax return, the difference will show up as a tax credit and lower your tax bill dollar for dollar on your 2020 tax return. So again, if your income was above the threshold in 2019, so you didn't qualify for a stimulus check, but your income this year in 2020 is less than the threshold, then you will receive the benefit, this time as a tax credit on your 2020 tax return when you file this spring. What if you received stimulus checks, but your 2020 adjusted gross income ends up being above the phase-out threshold? Don't worry, you won't have to repay your stimulus check back to the IRS. Another key provision in the Appropriations Act is the payback period for the required repayment of deferred payroll taxes, or FICA tax, that has not been withheld from your military and federal employee paychecks for the last three months. Instead of having to pay back those taxes over the first three months of 2021, your repayment will now be withheld evenly over the 12 months of 2021. As expected, you still have to pay it all back, but the hit to each paycheck will be smaller because the repayments will be spread out over 12 months instead of three. Okay, onward. When the CARES Act was passed in March, it created new temporary unemployment benefits. The just-signed Appropriations Act has temporarily extended or reinstated many of these benefits. This may apply to your family members if they have become unemployed during the pandemic. The federal subsidy to regular unemployment benefits was scheduled to end this week. It is now extended by another 11 weeks, covering eligible unemployed through the middle of March 2021. Benefits are also increased by $300 for 11 weeks. This is a smaller increase than was paid out for four months earlier this year, but it's still a bit more help for the struggling unemployed. They have also extended the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program, which provides unemployment benefits to people not normally eligible for unemployment, like the self-employed, to as late as April 5th, 2021. In normal times, unemployment benefits don't start until the second week of unemployment. But this act also extends for another 11 weeks unemployment benefits paid in the first week of unemployment. With hundreds of thousands of people still applying for unemployment compensation each month, this first week of benefits can be a big help. 
Okay, next up on the list, for those of you who itemize deductions, the income threshold to be able to deduct medical expenses has been sort of permanently reduced back to 7.5% of AGI. Most recently, that threshold has been 10%. So if you're part of the 90% of Americans who take the st standard deduction, this won't affect you. But I bring this up because there are people with high medical bills because of the pandemic. And if they itemize deductions, this could be a big benefit. When the CARES Act was introduced in March 2020, it included new tax benefits for people making charitable contributions. The first was the creation of an above-the-line deduction for cash contributions made to charitable organizations. This deduction is only for individuals who do not itemize deductions on their federal income tax returns. Initially, this deduction was only scheduled to exist for 2020 and was capped at a maximum of $300 for both single and joint filers. The act extends this benefit another year to 2021 also, for 2021 only, it removes the marriage penalty in the 2020 version, allowing couples who file jointly to claim a deduction of up to $600. Again, the charitable deduction is available only to people who do not itemize, which is almost everyone. So keep those receipts and get a small break on your taxes for all the good work you've been doing donating to those in need this year and next. The Act also includes a change in qualification for the 2020 Earned Income Tax Credit and Additional Child Tax Credit. Both of these tax credits require that an individual have enough earned income in order to qualify for the full credit. Unfortunately, many people who would otherwise be working through no fault of their own have been out of work during 2020. They may have been laid off or had to stay home to care for children who couldn't attend school or daycare. So they may not have enough earned income to be able to qualify for the same amount of one or both of those credits. The act works to lessen the impact of someone's lost earned income on the amount of the credit you would normally receive. It allows you to use your 2019 earned income to calculate the amount you'll receive for either credit in 2020. This should prevent you from losing your earned income tax credit or additional tax credit that you may have received last year. The Act also provides carry-forward relief for the Dependent Care Flexible Spending Accounts and Health Flexible Spending Accounts, or FSAs, funds that remain unused at the end of this year. This would primarily affect feds or family members with workplace FSA accounts. FSA funds left at the end of the year are generally forfeited, the act that was just signed permits employers to let employees carry over any unused 2020 FSA balances into 2021 
and any remaining balances at the end of 2021 to be rolled forward into 2022. A special note though, is that it does not appear to require employers to adopt this policy. And since this act was just signed today, I haven't heard yet if this will be adopted for federal employees. So keep your ear to the ground, and if this may affect you, check with your human resources rep. All right, we've talked about a lot of relief that was added or extended. One thing to note about the act is that it does not provide any further student loan relief. The CARES Act suspended collection efforts on defaulted federally backed student loans, it suspended loan payments, and set the interest rate to 0% through September 30th, 2020. This has been extended twice through to January 31st, 2021. However, the, appropriate, the Appropriations Act does not extend this relief any further. It will end at the end of January. Phew, we've covered a lot of ground. Expect to see more information on all this in the coming days and weeks. But to roll everything up one more time, remember, if you got a stimulus check in the first round in the spring, you should get another soon, $600 for each eligible person. If you didn't receive a check, but your income is lower this year than last and below the phase-out thresholds, you will receive the stimulus benefits as a tax credit on your 2020 tax return. Unemployment benefits have been extended another 11 weeks, and for that time, we'll include an extra $300 federal benefit and will begin in the first week of unemployment. We talked about two changes to tax deductions. Itemizers can now deduct metal expenses over 7.5% of AGI. The 90% of people who do not itemize can receive an above-the-line deduction for up to $300 per return in 2020 for charitable contributions. This was extended to 2021 and joint filers will be able to deduct $600 in 2021. If you claimed the Earned Income Tax Credit or Additional Child Tax Credit last year, but will have less earned income for 2020, you can use your 2019 income to calculate your 2020 credit. This should prevent you from losing out on those credits when you file your taxes this spring. If you have a flexible savings account with funds left over at the end of the year, check with HR to see if they will be authorizing participants to roll over those funds to use next year. I know this has been an earful of talk about taxes, which is always painful, but the just signed government funding authorization does have something in it for just about everyone. I hope you have found this useful if you have any questions, reach out to me at katie at moneypilotadvisor.com. And I especially want to wish you a happy new year and a good riddance to 2020. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Like to find out more? 
Visit us at moneypilotadvisor.com. Let's team up and land your financial life.